G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. It's my privilege to welcome to the airwaves this morning uh, my good friend Dan Flynn from the Australian Christian Lobby in uh, beautiful Canberra today. How are you doing, Dan? I'm doing so well, Matt. Thank you for your call and lovely to be here with your listeners. It's always good to catch up with your mates and... Uh, there's been a lot of talk about football going on and, uh, of course, the, the big grand final on the weekend. But the other big story that we've been uh, looking at with the ACL is the, the Hawthorne football story about the problem of coercion. That's been a massive news story, hasn't it? Well, it absolutely has. Uh, here's the thing with that, Matt. I mean, you know, obviously it's spoiled the uh, run into the grand final. Everything's polished and beautiful. But, you know, stories emerge, and if they're true, uh, it shows incredible um, you know, underbelly uh, of the football culture that, um, uh, you know, and the concern really for ACL is a, a couple of fronts, that you, uh, you have uh, Indigenous players being, uh, their families being separated, um, uh, allegations that uh, their, their babies are uh, threatened to be aborted, told that they, they shouldn't have these babies, they'll distract from their career. Um, and it's interesting, we're hearing this in the Victorian AFL context. Uh, these allegations um, are yet to be proven, but uh, we've seen similar uh, stories coming from the NRL where, you know, we've had uh, one young woman saying that, you know, she had no option rather than get rid of her baby. The pressure from the football player uh, who was the father of the baby was relentless. Uh, and a lot of this narrative that, look, you know, this baby will, will ruin your career. Uh, so this type of coercion um, uh, coming from, um, um, you know, the top levels of clubs, uh, if true, uh, is extremely concerning. And, um, you know, football is great, uh, but it is entertainment for the masses, Matt. And uh, if it, if it uh, uh, is true, these allegations are true, it's somewhat of a murderous cult. Uh, and this is very concerning. Well, it is heartbreaking. And, you know, I've interviewed a number of, uh, you know, Christian footballers and, you know, uh, football chaplains over the years. And, you know, they, they have been saying that, you know, it is quite shocking, you know, from a, from a Christian worldview to see what goes on behind the scenes in football clubs. And, you know, some of it gets into the media, but a lot of it doesn't. Um, this is really heartbreaking. You know, when, when you look at uh, abortion in Australia, you know, there's, around about 240 abortions per day. And yes. it does raise the question, you know, how many of those abortions are the result of coercion? You know, pressure from partners, family workplaces, other social factors, you know? Um, it's a, it's a, a big uh, discussion that we need to have, isn't it? Well, it absolutely is, Matt. And it's, um, uh, you know, effectively you've got, you know, I suppose the father's employer effectively, um, you know, saying get rid of this baby, it's going to affect you, you in the workplace. So, yeah, coercion's huge. And we know, Matt, that, you know, when women hear that, uh, that their pregnancy is supported, that the baby will be supported, that changes everything. 
and uh, men have a big role to play here. Uh, men who are the fathers, uh, men who are in positions of power, particularly in football and rugby clubs, uh, have a lot to learn. So uh, I'm you know, looking forward to this inquiry, uh, getting to the truth of some of these issues. Obviously, there's a you know, presumption of innocence uh, in relation to these coaches, uh, uh, but we've got to find out the truth. It's very, very important. Mm, certainly one to watch and uh, appreciate the ACL speaking up on that topic, uh, speaking up for the unborn, speaking up for those who can't speak. It's a, a powerful thing you guys do. Now, another... Yeah, t- just, yes. just, just, just before we leave the abortion front, you know, we've got... This is a Victorian story. We, the March for the Babies in Victoria is coming up uh, October 8th. This oh, yes. I've been involved with for over a decade. Uh, it's back on now. Uh, it was adjourned for a couple of years because of covid um, and, uh, you know, Victoria has incredibly liberal uh, abortion laws allowing abortion up to birth. So, um, yep, people turned out in great droves. The grand family always turned out in great droves of March for the babies in Victoria uh, along uh, Collins Street and Burke Street. So, yeah, that's going to be a great event. Okay, so if people want to join in, it's at the Treasury Gardens at 1 p.m., uh, for the March for the Babies on Saturday, October 8th. And uh, you walk into Parliament House and it's a family-friendly event so people can join in. Uh, it's so important that Christians, uh, you know, vote with their feet on, on, these to- on, on these topics, you know, that we get out there and we rally. It's important, isn't it, that we, we show the world what we stand up for. Thanks, thanks for the plug, Matt. You're mm. absolutely right. Mm. I've been involved in the March for Life in Brisbane a number of times, and uh, it's yes. there's something special about it, you know. And, and you see all these people holding up banners of beautiful little babies, and you know it's uh, yes. just such an important thing. So yeah, March for Babies this Saturday, October eight, uh, and uh, I'm sure there'll be uh, a good turnout there. I, I remember seeing, I think it was Bernie Finn. He, he's often at, at that one in Victoria, yes. isn't he? These yes, absolutely, mm. absolutely. And you know, we do say to people, hey, if you're involved in one piece of political activism for the year. Uh, get the family, put them in the car, get the child in the pram and uh, go to this one because uh, these numbers speak to the politicians and to the media uh, who are always there. Absolutely. And uh, just on another note, there's a a new pro-life movie being released. I just got a press release about it last week. It's out out in cinemas soon. Um, I'm pretty sure the name is Life Mark from the guys that made, you know, Courageous and War Room. Uh, You know, the Sherwood Pictures guys. Uh, yes, certainly. Very good pro-life movie uh, coming out. So, yeah, head along to the movies and see that one when it comes out as well. So, uh, very good. All right, mate, now let's uh, turn our attention to WA. There's a threat to Christian schools in WA. What's the latest there? Well, you know, we talked so much about the religious discrimination bill uh, last year, in the, the previous uh, term of government, and, you know, the, the desire, the, the plan, Matt, that don't protect Christian schools. Now, that legislation was never passed. But what we are seeing here in WA, we've, we had a discussion, I know uh, there was a discussion last week about Queensland. So the states are trying to tighten the screws uh, on Christian schools through changes to the Anti-Discrimination Act. And uh, right now what we're seeing in WA is uh, a proposed amendment to the Anti-Discrimination Act to remove the right of Christian schools to exclusively hire Christian teachers. And, um, you know, basically, you know, unless you're the principal or the chaplain, uh, that an LGBT person, um, rainbow hair, um, they won't be able to be knocked back for a job uh, teaching maths at a Christian school. And uh, I just, 
know, aware this morning earlier uh, that Northern Territory has a proposed bill along similar lines that um, uh, you won't be able to refuse to hire them on the basis of their LGBT status and uh, you won't be able to, uh, you know, discipline or dismiss them because of their LGBT status. So uh, this threat in WA, in Northern Territory, uh, in Queensland, uh, to Christian schooling is, is such an existential threat. We're not talking here, I know we hear about the gardener and all of that, but the reality is that we are talking about everybody except the principal and the chaplain um, will be, um, you know, you're, and you could have an LGBT person uh, who's the year-level coordinator in your Christian school for which you're paying fees to have a Christian education delivered to your children. So yeah, we're, we, we have uh, crews on the ground. In fact, Matt, uh, today we have Christopher Bro here uh, in Darwin and he's meeting with uh, members of parliament uh, this week to talk about the Northern Territory version of this uh, and also collaborating with the uh, Catholic Bishop on this. So uh, we do have people on the ground uh, in WA, Peter Abetz, Christopher Bro here in Northern Territory uh, today um, uh, in the corridors of power on this issue to try and protect Christian schools from this sort of state and territory type attack. Well, and it's so true that Christian schools need Christian staff in order to fulfil their ethos. I mean, that's that's what defines a Christian school. Uh, so, I mean, it's such an important thing that we speak up on this. We know that there's an online petition on the ACL, ACL website. Uh, we're urging people to sign it and defend Christian schools in WA. Also in Queensland, there's a writing campaign on the website to help you defend Christian schools that are under threat in Queensland. I've seen that uh, during the rounds uh, in, in my circles as well. Uh, once again, uh, all the links are at the website acl.org.au if you'd like to uh, uh, make your voice heard on that topic. Now, there's another way that uh, listeners can help children with gender dysphoria that uh, you guys have been uh, discussing. What's the latest on that topic? Well, the we've obviously heard about this, um, you know, the Tavistock uh, Clinic being closed in England uh, because they're basically, they had a philosophy of, look, if a child comes in, they're gender confused, great. They go down the pathway, we'll give them the, uh, you know, the, the chemicals or drugs, uh, we'll do whatever's necessary to help these child, these children transition. Now, that was closed down uh in London because there were concerns. The Royal Melbourne, uh, Royal Melbourne Children's Hospital, or the Royal Children's Hospital in Melbourne, rather, uh, has the same protocol as Tavistock. Uh, that's not closed down. And remarkably, and I know your listeners would be concerned about this, the ABC has not run one story on the Tavistock closure. And when they were asked about this, they said, oh, it's because it's an overseas issue. We're more concerned about Australia. Well, that's not true. When the Queen died, plenty of coverage, um, you know, they are concerned about overseas issues, but they don't want any narrative that would be against the, you know, um, the approach of transitioning gender-confused children. So we have a uh, petition uh, that is uh, uh, it's online. Uh, it's um, uh, part of the Australian Parliament House petitions. Uh, it's been prepared by Wendy Francis, and uh, we do... Uh, encourage people to go to our website to sign it and that goes directly to members of parliament. It will be tabled in the parliament so that's a very significant one and we do encourage people to basically help these children who are uh, being, um, you know, steered down a path that's causing great heartbreak 
in a lot of families. Yeah, it certainly is a big topic. Uh, good to see the ACL speaking up on that topic. And, and, and just on that too, Dan, you know, um, we need to hear uh, good testimonies about topics like this. And, you know, I, I heard of a church recently where there was a, a, uh, a guy that was uh, gender uh, confused for a number of years and um, the church, you know, loved him and cared for him, even though he would turn up, you know, in different clothing at different times. And uh, I just heard recently that this guy got baptised and uh, he's oh, uh, back to his original state and um, loving it, happy, confident, free. And, uh, you know, we need to hear stories like that, don't we? Oh, we absolutely do. We absolutely do. And, um, you know, this is becoming more and more common in churches, including the church that I uh, attended in Melbourne. Uh, we had such a person and uh, they were on a journey of faith and it was, it was great to see. Uh, what we have seen, Matt, are recently are parents who are very devastated by their, the treatment that their children have had. Yeah. Uh, and some parents who are quite motivated to speak out on this. Uh, we're seeing a fair bit of that at the moment. Mm, wow. Well, once again, acl.org.au. If people want to look at the uh, uh, petition there on that, it can be uh, signed to help protect our children. Uh, and, uh, mate, the other big news with you guys is uh, the truth of it live have been happening around Australia. These events are massive. Tell us all about it. Um, Matt, uh, this was in Sydney on Saturday night. It was a sellout uh, at the Darling Harbour Theatre, uh, and uh, there, it was just an impressive night. There were 2,400 people in attendance. Uh, we heard an excellent message from Martin Isles, uh, a great presentation by John Steenoff and the Human Rights Law Alliance uh, showcasing the plight of many of their clients, uh, it was an epic event and just such a, a sense of Christian unity and right across the denominations, Matt. And, you know, when people are in, their, in the trenches on these sort of battles, the denominations don't matter much. Um, you know, every denomination has its distinctives, uh, but when people are really in the battle on these issues and they unite uh, at um, something like the Truth of the Live, uh, they are all on the one page, um, keen to you know, be activated to help on the pro-life issues and on the gender issues and, you know, I suppose, um, you know, given some courage to stand up, you know, whether whether it's at work and having to attend and make it, you know, wear a purple day, all of that type of thing, people uh, get some courage uh, to be able to say, hey, you know what, that may not be for me and uh, I can declare my faith boldly and expect to be respected in this workplace. So, yeah, a great night of courage. Um, these these are continuing next month, uh, October, late October, uh, in Canberra, and you'll find that on our website. There's a thousand seats in the Great Hall of Parliament House. Uh, Eight hundred and forty-seven of them are sold, so uh, about one hundred and fifty seats left. Uh, and so we do encourage people to register for the Canberra event, uh, the Melbourne event, eleven November. There's seventeen hundred seats sold already, so. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a great tour and just a great sense of unity and empowerment uh, for people, particularly experienced in Sydney uh, last Saturday night. And if people missed it, uh, it is available. It was live streamed and it's available on YouTube yes. or Facebook. Uh, people can search up the Australian Christian Lobby and search it up on their social media as well. Uh, always a pleasure to catch up with you, Dan. Uh, and uh, our thoughts, uh, you know, I mean, we, we just love what you guys do with the Australian Christian Lobby. Our prayers are with you. And uh, keep fighting the good fight, my brother. Thanks for your time. Thank you, Matt. God bless. Appreciate it. 
Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.